I haven't told you everything. Welcome to What is the Event Podcast with Jimmy and Georgia, the first podcast dedicated to the event on NBC. Hopefully you've just watched the premiere episode of the event, and it could be Tuesday morning, it could be later in the week, who knows. Hopefully you've found us on iTunes or some other means. There's all sorts of ways to get a hold of us. And now, thankfully, you're here to hear about the event. There's some crazy stuff happening, and uh, here in just one second, we're going to get into basically the first part of the show, which I like to call the Revent Cap. And uh, we'll have some little segue music that I've come up with here in a few minutes. And then we'll do a little recap of the show. Nothing too crazy. Don't want to get too heavily involved in just recapping what you've already watched. We kind of cover some of the main plot points, some of the surprising things, some of the things that said, what? Huh? Or whatever you may say when you're surprised. And then we'll move on over to the event line, which would include our emails, our calls, our Twitters, whatever we may have. I'm going to try to put this out soon tonight following the, the premiere. So we might not have a lot of feedback right now. I might try to do a second podcast this week, similar in fashion to the way Jay and Jack used to do their Lost podcast and have a kind of initial reaction podcast. And then a little bit later in the week, if there's you know the feedback that would necessitate such a thing, to have a second show that would be more focused on you, the listeners, because I would love for you to be involved in the show. And just me personally, when I'm thinking about podcasts, the first podcast I personally listened to was the Official Lost podcast. And many of you may have enjoyed that show and may have enjoyed that podcast with jokes about not wearing pants and banjo playing and, and all the rest. But that was the first show I ever listened to. Uh, I would submit questions like all the time at ABC and never get on the show. And then after a while, I kind of got discouraging a little. And I found Jane Jack, and that was the second podcast I ever listened to. Or Lost Podcast with Jay and Jack. And I, I called in, and the very first time I called in, I got on the show, and that just made me feel good. I was like, oh, I'm a part of this. I'm actually involved. They care about what I have to say. And that was just a really cool thing to me. And so definitely want to include you. This is your place to talk about the event. I would love for your Twitter questions, your comments, your theories, your emails, your calls, however you would feel comfortable to get in contact with us. We'd love to have you be a part of the show. And of the story. <laughs> so, before we sit around here and talk too much, let's get on over to the Revent Cap. The Revent Cap. Revent Cap. The Cap. The portion of the portion of this show where we recap, recap the event. event. Alright, let's jump right into the Revent Cap. Our show starts off and it's 1.59 and then 2 p.m. and it's kind of reminiscent of 24. And there's chaos, there's a broken video feed, and people are yelling and screaming and running around. And soon we see that it's 23 minutes earlier. There's a flight attendant in an airplane giving announcements. While Sean Walker is hiding in the bathroom, kind of like Charlie on Lost. Sean is jumpy and is startled by the flight attendant. Then watches a black SUV racing up on the tarmac. And then we skip back to 11 days earlier. Lila's packing for her cruise. Her mom's trying to help while Samantha, the little sister, is playing. Sean and Mr. Buchanan are walking and talking about the details of the cruise while Sean nervously attempts to ask for his blessing for marriage, but Mr. Buchanan offers it before Sean can actually ask. Back to the airplane and the stressed Sean. We see him run up to the front of the plane and he has a gun. He says, get over there, and we cut to the event title intro. We cut right back to Simon, who's racing over to the airport in that previously mentioned black SUV. 
He's talking with the control tower, trying to stop Flight 514 from taking off. He says that there's a terrorist on the plane. He says there's a bomb on the plane. All sorts of things. Anything he can do to try to stop the plane. And then we are cut to 13 months earlier to Mount Innistronka in Alaska, where we see Simon talking with Sophia. He said he found Williams, he's brought him back to the facility, and that Williams is going to try to buy his freedom by telling them, quote-unquote, about the event. Martinez had just been elected president. Simon wants to tell him about their people and wants to warn the president about the event. Back to the airport. There's no response to the radio calls. The transponder is turned off in the airplane, and the entire system goes down to the control tower. Simon gives chase to the plane but cannot stop it. Avis Air Flight 514 takes off in front of his eyes. And we cut Deshaun Walker sitting in his seat, and then we go into our commercial break. We pick right back up where Sean was earlier before he ran to the front of the plane with his gun. He tries to gain entry to the, the cockpit, and then the flight attendant and everyone else is scared. He tries to talk to the pilot on the phone, but then the air marshal, as you've probably seen in the commercials, comes up, pulls his gun on him, and Sean eventually drops his gun. And then we cut to eight days before that. We're time, we're time jumping everywhere here, people. And then we see Sean and, and Layla enjoying their cruise. Sean has his engagement ring for Layla. But it's about time for them to go to the launch. They start hiking down the edge of the beach. And he's just about to start his speech of asking her to marry him when he's interrupted by someone yelling for help. And we see Greg, and he's yelling for his girlfriend, Vicky. He was falling to the ocean, except he has a broken arm and cannot save her. So Sean, the little savior, jumps into the water, rescues her from drowning, and pulls her to the beach. The new BFFs hang out on the beach over drinks and decide that they're going to hang out for the rest of their cruise. And uh, Leela does get a call from her dad while we see President Martinez signing the clinics bill into a law. And, but she hangs up on her dad and gets back to everyone. And uh, later that night we see that their new cruise buddies are kind of getting on Leela's nerves. She thinks Vicky might have been drunk when she fell into the ocean. Leela and Sean go into their room and start kissing passionately, but she thinks she drank too much. So... They walk back out on the deck of the boat, and Sean wants to have a romantic dinner the next night without Greg and Vicky. Sean is still waiting to ask her to marry him. And so then we cut over to the air marshal and Sean. The air marshal wants to get the plane turned around. A gunshot is turned to the cockpit. The plane then goes into some severe turbulence. Who's in there? The air marshal wants to know. Just like us. We want to know who's in there. We have the commercial break. We cut to President Martinez in the Coral Gables, Florida. At a presidential retreat for a birthday celebration, the vice president turns down the cake and then asks the president to come inside for a talk. Director Sterling and the vice president do not want him to close Mel Anastronka. He says that they sacrificed the rights of a few for the many all of the time, but uh, the president doesn't want to overlook the few. Uh, he thinks that these people have been detained too long and abused, and even though they're not Americans, they deserve human rights. Director Sterling thinks that this... The release of these people, these 97 prisoners, will make many Americans nervous and the government officials don't feel safe enough to let them out. President Martinez says that the information is out there and that it's too late, that he's already talked to a reporter who's agreed to hold the information until that day. Sterling asks, don't let them out. Thirteen months earlier, we see that President Martinez and Sterling are in the Oval Office talking about the 97 prisoners in Mount Innistraka, the facility that the president has somehow learned about and that the CIA has been covering up for over 50 years. The president flies to Mount Innistranka, and the detainees are assembled in the mess hall while the president goes to meet with their leader, Sophia. We cut to a reporter saying that she has an exclusive sit-down interview with the president. 
Sophia and the president are talking about the press conference, assumingly to announce the event or to warn us about the event. Secret Service start getting calls on their earpieces and say they have to evacuate and they have to go now. They grab the president and they run outside. Uh, all of the radar systems, the entire eastern seaboard are shut down. They think that an attack is under the way and we see a plane is coming towards the president and all the other people there. We have another commercial break. And we cut back to eight days earlier. Michael Buchanan is washing his face and drying his eyes. He talks with his wife about Leela being on her cruise prior to the phone call we saw earlier. We then see the same conversation as before. And but this time we also see a little more from the Buchanan side of things. We see that Samantha has left her bike outside again and argues with her mom about putting it away. She keeps saying that she's going to use it tomorrow. Samantha walks away with some creepy music playing in the background and goes outside to get her bike and is grabbed by a man in black while other people dressed in black come in and apparently shoot Mrs. Buchanan. And we cut away to another hallway. We are at the airport and we see that the pilot of the plane is walking in the shadows and it shows us eventually that it is Mr. Michael Buchanan whose wife has been murdered and his two daughters have been kidnapped. Sean Walker is now, we, we cut to him, we see him on the plane in the air marshal trying to get into the cockpit. The flight attendant tries to open the door with a secret code, but Mike in the cockpit overrides the code and will not let them in. We cut to seven days earlier and we see Sean and Vicky snorkeling without Greg and Leela. Um, Sean and Vicky talk about Greg and say that he went on a jungle excursion. Leela didn't go out because she had too much to drink. Vicky is being too friendly with an almost engaged man. And Sean gets back to the boat and tries to get into his room, number 5314. But Lilo doesn't come to the, the door and his key doesn't work. So he goes to the desk for help, but he is not found in the system. And room number 5314 is shown to be registered to the Olsons. Sean is concerned about his girlfriend. And finally, the security guard goes with Sean to the room. And J.B. Olson answers the door and his wife's in the room as well. And Sean is, is very agitated since he's trying to find his, his soon-to-be fiance, And she is not there. We cut back to the, to the desk, and there's still no record of either of them. All of his stuff, his passport, his engagement ring, everything, his girlfriend, were in the room. They want to take him to the security office. He tries to call Leela's cell phone. It does not work. He leaves a message at the Buchanan's home, and we see a bloody hand of Mrs. Buchanan laying on the floor. And as the security guard is about to escort Sean away, he takes off running. And we cut to Mike, the pilot. And he will not listen to Sean, as Sean is um, still trying to contact him via the phone into the cockpit. The president and everyone is running away from the plane. Sean is pleading with Mike, and there's no response. The plane gets closer and closer. The wind is blowing very hard, and a loud noise is being heard. Then we cut to Simon watching the plane descend from the freeway. Something has jammed the system in the fighter jets, and they're unable to shoot the plane down. It looks like they even might crash. It doesn't actually show that. And then the plane is coming closer and closer, and then a white light appears in front of the pilot and Sean. And then apparently a portal opens up, and the plane goes through this portal, and a shockwave is released. What happened is a great question from Mrs. Martinez. The president is told by Sophia that they saved us. Who saved us? Sophia responds with, I haven't told you everything. Cut to the event. And that is the event, episode one. I'll get into a few minutes of talking about some initial thoughts, reactions, some of theories, I guess, to you a little bit. 
I guess one of the bigger plot points is the fact that Mr. Michael Buchanan was the pilot of the airplane, and apparently whomever these people in black are who apparently kidnapped Leela and Samantha and killed his wife, Mrs. Buchanan, are orchestrating or helping to orchestrate this massive attack or whatever it might be that has shut down the radar systems on the entire eastern seaboard that has this airplane looking to crash land and kill the president and assassinate him. Definitely some major stuff happening. I don't think it's quite to the scale of the fire sale and live free or die hard, but something almost like that sounds like pretty massive stuff going on here. Anyway, so yeah, Michael has been corrupted because of his um, daughter's being kidnapped, his wife being killed. And so apparently he's willing to do anything, even kill himself and a plane load of people to save the life of Leela and Samantha. And then on the other side of that same thing, it's just pretty obvious. So, I mean, this isn't really a theory, I don't think. This just seems to be what's going on. It seems to be Vicky and Greg are working for whoever these people are. It looks like they were planted there. Like the whole thing was, was faked in order to separate Sean and, and Leela. Um, the drowning, the, him saving them, and then them becoming friends and hanging out just seemed to be a little kind of fishy, that whole scenario, especially the snorkeling without Greg and Leela. That just seemed really strange. And so that just looks like maybe they put something in Leela's drink to make her feel sick, like poison or something, and, you know, maybe that's what's going on. Maybe it isn't. But that's just the kind of impression I'm giving. So maybe they want me to have that impression. And maybe that's totally wrong. Maybe they just are trying to plant some seeds of doubt and such things of how these two characters are, Vicky and Greg, that they're bad guys, so to speak. But maybe they're not. But that's how it looks. I don't know. It was a good first episode. Uh, I have a few comments from the Twitter that we'll get into in a little bit. And some other. I mean, there's a lot of people on Twitter talking about the event. It was trending there for a while. I enjoyed it. It was kind of confusing a little here and there. Not real confusing, but they were definitely jumping around a lot. Like every few minutes, it was just like eight minutes later. Or, well, not quite eight minutes later, but you know, eight days later, earlier, something, something, this and that, and jumping from here to there and it's all over the place. And I have heard that the next episodes aren't necessarily that jumpy. I, don't know, I wasn't a big fan of the jumping around. I mean, I, I like that storytelling device in general of showing you something happened and then going back and showing you what led up to it. And it seems like there's definitely some more poles in the story, so they're probably going to, to some degree, at least show us a little bit more of what happened before all these events. But, yeah, what happened? What what was that wormhole, that portal that the plane went through? That's pretty strange. I don't know. We'll talk more about that, and I guess, in my erratic event theory of the week in a little bit. So, yeah, share your thoughts, your comments, your questions, your theories. You can tweet us. You can email us at whatistheeventpodcast at gmail.com. You can post something on our Facebook page. You can write a comment on our website at whatistheeventpodcast.com. All sorts of ways you can share your thoughts. Call us on the event line, 773-41-EVENT. We would love to hear from you and hear what you thought about the episode. I do, like I said, have a few thoughts from some people that sent into the show and so we're going to move on over into the event line. We are now entering the portion of the show referred to as 
the event line. All right, tonight on Twitter, I had a few people comment to add event podcast, just like you can. SG underscore Tess, which I think used to be Saeed's girl Tess, said that it's a little jumpy, but I'm following okay about uh, 21 minutes or so into the show. And then uh, I had pin 66871 at, I'm not sure exactly what time, it just says two hours now. But it says, um, it's very boring so far, nothing exciting so far. The time-shifting crap is not making me any more into the story. And I think that was uh, kind of near the end of the episode. And it wasn't like the last ten minutes, so I think it was like 9.49 or something. And then also Deb Marlino also commented and said, Wow, just what I need, another addiction. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And then I had a few other people either comment or say something a little before that but since our last podcast on the 17th we had a few people follow friday us the event live sg underscore test follow friday does and i thanked um sg underscore test and they said you're welcome also had the event wiki follow friday us on saturday liam brown 1993 asked us is will you be twenty any event spoilers as i'm planning on watching this when it starts in the uk don't want to be spoiled and I told him that I would not do that, that I would have things on the website. It would be kind of spoilerific, but it would be marked as such. And so you would not have to be spoiled on Twitter if you don't want to be. And he responded back, thank you. And then Superpower TV sent a couple messages our way about a, a live chat event, as did the underscore event underscore cast. Um, said don't forget to join us live for the event tweetcast, 9, 8 central. All right, well, that's about all from the Twitter for the last few days. Didn't have a lot of new followers in the last few days. Thanks to everybody who found us. And I had one little call to get into here in just a second. And that'll be all for the event line, and we'll jump over into the Erratic Theory of the Week. Hey, Jimmy, this is, uh, well, Jimmy. Uh, I'm just calling on the event line to let everyone else know they can, too. If they'd like to, at 773-41-EVENT. And we'd love to hear your comments. Extra little comments. would be great. And so, yeah, if you want to do that, please do. Again, that's 773-41-EVENT. Oh, yeah, by the way, there's like a three-minute limit. So if you have a lot to say, you might want to call a couple times or something. So, there you go. Okay, bye-bye. All right, and now it is time for... We need to go to sleep. Well, okay, not yet. Pretty soon. And, but first, we will have the erratic event theory of the week with Jimmy and Georgia. This erratic event theory will be about the disappearance of the plane through a wormhole or a portal or whatever you'd like to call it, the bright white light and shockwave that we saw at the end of the first episode. There's all sorts of things you could say. I mean, it's obviously some type of a wormhole. So that means that the plane either A, traveled through space to some other place, or it traveled through space and time, or it traveled through time. I mean, there's a couple different options. I would submit that just based on some of the things we've seen, such as one of the top secret your eyes only um, OSS documents that was over on the eventiscoming.com a while back, yeah, this little memorandum from uh, General Justin T. Randall that they were going to build this mountain in the Stronko facility back in December of 1944. 
I think the most obvious choice, at least to me, would be that this plane time traveled back to 1944, somewhere prior to December. Could even be September, October, November, whatever. We'll just say September since it's September now. Time traveled back to September of 1944, approximately, and the passengers on the plane are the original detainees at Mount Anastraka, and their descendants are the ones who are there now. That's going to be my erratic event theory of the week. And I kind of have the Back to the Future model in mind, where we see the DeLorean struck by lightning, and at that exact moment, a Western Union guy comes up and gives Marty a note that says, Doc Brown is alive and well in 1885. So, Sean Walker and Michael Buchanan are alive and well in 1944. Okay, that's it for this week. Hope to hear from you guys soon. And uh, like I mentioned earlier in the last podcast last week, if we have enough uh, listener feedback, we will go ahead and do a second podcast later on in the week. Uh, And that will be great. So send in your emails, your calls, your tweets, however you'd like to get in contact with the show. You can do it. And we'll give you all that information one more time just so you won't forget it. Call us at 773-41-EVENT. Email us at whatistheeventpodcast at gmail.com. Tweet us. We're on Twitter at eventpodcast. That's twitter.com slash eventpodcast. We're on Facebook. You can find us on there. Go to whatistheeventpodcast.com for important information about our show and the event. And you've been listening to What Is The Event Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to the event your place to talk about the event. So we would love for you to do that. And we hope you enjoyed tonight's premiere and we hope to hear from you real soon. All right. Thanks. He's going to tell them about the event. <laughs>